Stick sent you. It's a great little sm- smoking area, a lounge offering cigars, full bar, sports, uh, you know, goes on all the time, giant TVs, you know, it's, it's great food. And, I got to get out there. Hey, and I told her, I said, hey, listen, this is coming. And so you got to go get me one of those boxes. You know, can I pre-order one of those? She said, well, let me see what I can do for you. But I, I'll tell you what, the, the box is cool and unique. It actually flaps open and it falls out to the right and the left, correct? It, yeah. Isn't that cool? Tony? I've, I've never it, seen anything like that. Yeah. It's one of the coolest boxes. It's like a transformer box. Yes. It's like it's a, great like a DeLorean. It. A DeLorean box. <laughs> that's yeah. A, that's a great so it's way like to put three it. boxes, three boxes in one. And my art director, for, who's from Esteli, his name is Alex Garcia. Um, he's been my right, right-hand man in all the brands we've been doing. He did an amazing uh, art piece on the inside of the box. And um, yeah, I'm really excited for, for connoisseurs to get their hands on those. Yeah. I'll be bidding for one of those. Uh, well, I picked up when I was down there seeing Danny and I picked up a couple of your sticks, uh, the high Claire castle, uh, the Victorian talk to us a little bit about that. I can't wait to smoke that. It's a good looking cigar, man. You're in for a treat. Yeah. You, you've never had it before. Never had it. You know, I was just talking to a buddy, um, you know, here in Connecticut, and he's going wild for these uh, High Claire Victorians. High Claire, really interesting project, uh, Tony. A friend of mine from Connecticut actually had a moonshine company nice. called Onyx Moonshine. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife became friends after a trip to England with Lord and Lady Carnarvon, who lived at High Clare Castle. And High Clare, for those who know Downton Abbey, High Clare is the real Downton Abbey. That's where this show takes place um, at this amazing castle about 45 minutes west of, of London. Um, so my friend Adam becomes friends with the Lord and Lady Carnarvon. And Adam, being in the alcohol business, uh, starts developing a project called High Clear Castle Gin, which is being launched uh, globally this year. So in the discussion, cigars came about because cigar smoking at the castle goes back hundreds of years. And my buddy Adam says to Lord Carnarvon, you got to be my buddy Nick. He, he lives in Nicaragua. Uh, you know, cigar maker, has an amazing company. So this was, this was just before the, my annual trade show. And I couldn't make it to London. But Lord Carnarvon flies to Nicaragua no. to meet with me. Sweet. Now, Tony, sweet. mind you, this is, he's the grandson to the Queen of England. Wow. His great-grandfather discovered King Tut's tomb with Howard Carter. What? So, yeah, with a cigar in hand, big cigar smoker. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I, if you look at all the foundation lines, like I really try to base it on, I love history and culture. And so, you know, just the thought of him coming to Nicaragua was amazing. Tony, money is not a thing that really impresses me. You know, I'm not kind of that guy i'm not a, a fancy kind of ritzy kind of guy mm-hmm. so i was like all right this is going to be interesting you know i, I kind of expected maybe a little bit of high brownness living in the country the fact that he flew to nicaragua and then we met and we just hit it off and super down to earth just amazing guy you know this is a gentleman that backpacked the western part of the united states when he was 18 wow so I, we just totally hit it off. Of course, I made up some blends for him for his trip. And, um, you know, by the end of the trip, we had all decided to, to do High Clare Castle. Um, so we came out with the High Clare Castle Connecticut, which is called the Edwardian. 
And then not too long ago, we came out with the one that you have, which is the Victorian, which is the red label. Right. That is a Habano Ecuador wrapper. It's a higher priming Habano Ecuador. That is the first project that I've come to market with the Habano Ecuador. Hmm. Uh, Habano Ecuador is just an amazing Cuban seed tobacco grown in Ecuador. Um, you know, very Cuban-esque, a little bit darker than your Cuban traditional Cuban wrapper. That is a true medium body, medium plus. There's just tons of flavor in that cigar, tons of complexity, but it is in no way overwhelming on the palate. Mm-hmm. A lot of nuttiness, good spice, but again, it's just really pleasing on the palate um, and just keeps you kind of wanting more. So um, that cigar, I, I can't, it's tough to keep in stock right now. Well, yeah, I might have to go back down and buy her out of those. Um, yeah. The next, the other one, yeah, the other one I got was the uh, the Wiseman. Now, how do you say that? El Gugas, Guganis? So it's actually pronounced as a W, the G-U. So it's like way, which way are you going? Ah. When, way Wednesday. El way Wednesday, so, okay. Correct, yeah. Which So you got the blue label, the Corojo. I, I got the, yes, I do. Yeah, so that was my original release. So Way Wednesday, it's not even a Spanish word, Tony. I thought I challenged the market linguistically for my first project. <laughs> um, it was just, you know, it's just so important. It was, you know, as my first project, sure. the root of culture is language. And, you know, that Dan- Way Wednesday is actually protected by UNESCO as a cultural treasure of the world. So... I I knew nothing about it before living in Nicaragua. So it was important for me. And I think for the Nicaraguan people for it to, you know, be shared with the world. Um, So hence the Wednesday. And then I I developed a Maduro version of that uh, called the wise man Maduro. So it's like the yin and yang. Mm -hmm. And most cigars got cigar fishing out of top 25. So Wednesday got top 25 its first year. And the Maduro version got number three cigar of the year for Cigar Aficionado um, last year. Fantastic, fantastic. I'm, yeah. I'm just admiring the, the, the shape of these and, and uh, you know, how they're put together. Uh, very, very nice uh, bands on them and everything. Um, when, yeah. when you smoke cigars, you know, and, and this is one of the questions from one of my listeners. Um, yes, sir. What cut do you use? I, I like the Woo. V cut, depending on what cigar I'm smoking, and, and I, you know, I'm a uh, I'm a Figurado, so I, I usually just use a, a, a straight cut on those. But if I have a nice yeah, sure. uh, Toro or something, uh, a Robusto, then I'll use a V cut or a punch. W- what about you? What do you use? So I actually I have it in my pocket right now. I use the um, the Zeitgar scissor cut. Okay. So it's not your typical scissor. It folds up. Um, this is actually my favorite cutter of all time because it folds up in my pocket pretty easily. And when I'm on the production floor or when I'm looking through tobacco, when I'm rolling like out of bales, it's easy with the scissor cut because I just get a little bit more flexibility, um, with the leaf size, Mm -hmm. but I'll also do, you know, I do when I'm getting kind of kooky, I go with the V cut. You know, um, and I do like to punch from time to time. It depends. Like if I'm in a cigar store, you know, I, I will go with a V cut or the, uh, the bullet punch. Right. 
Yeah, I get sometimes right. the bullet will bleed into my mouth a little bit, you know, onto my tongue. You know what I mean? The tongue. Yeah. You'll get it, a little bit of it's that. It's got to be sharp. Yes, it's yes. got to be super sharp. So a That's young young cool. lady has uh, sent in a question, and is it okay to smoke your cigar down to the band? Most definitely. Most definitely. And yeah, so the – the you know you you always want to go with how you you're feeling as you're getting down in the cigar you know as that heat cone is closer to your mouth you are going to get sometimes things burning much hotter yes but you know things are uh, all my sticks are blended consistently through so you should be you should be able to burn your fingertips yeah that's good yeah because I'm I'm a fingertip burner I mean especially if the cigar's good. Oh my goodness. I'm trying to savor that into the last moment. You hit on something there that I've been meaning to ask. Uh, and I wanted to ask you it earlier, but it, I'm glad you brought it up is why do some manufacturers wait towards about three quarters of the stick or towards the end for it to get its strength and some knock you out from the, the minute you light it to the full length of the smoke. Talk to me a little bit oh, about that. Tony, that has to do, um, Strictly with leaf positioning, okay, right? Okay. It, it's kind of difficult to explain uh, over without demonstrating, but I'll, I'll try my best. So when, you know, the leaves, when you're bunching them in your hand, you're using long filler leaves. So they have tips. And then you have the bottom part of the leaf, which was connected to the stalk. You have to tear the tips and then position them in the blend. What happens is usually... The tips of the tobacco leaf are where more of your strength and sweetness is. As you get closer to where the leaf was connected to the stalk, it gets more bitter. Does that make sense? That makes it's almost total like when sense. you have broccoli and you have longer stems on the broccoli, you cut those down, right? Sure, sure. That, that can get super bitter. Same with tobacco. So depending on where the blending manufacturer places those, those the distribution of those tips, and the bottom part of the leaves, you get that change. So if they take those tips and they put it all in the foot of the cigar, that's when you have cigars where the first third is like, oh, it's really strong. And then after the first third, it mellows out. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah, that makes yeah, total sense. Yeah, but you can also do that reverse. If you take the bottom part of the leaf, which is more bitter, and you put that in the foot of the cigar, then you're going to get it milder at the beginning. So. It depends on who the manufacturer blenders are. Um, in some of my blends, I tend to have them a little bit fuller on the first third. It depends. Okay. All right. That sounds good. So, All right. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about some of your cigars here, man. I mean, you've got a, a range of cigars from uh, Charter Oak all the way up to yeah, the Wiseman sure. Maduro. Um, and, um, you know, they are marketed while I think I've had the Charter Oak, I'm, I'm about to have these two here, so I'll let you know with a text. But um, they are marketed for uh, anybody that's uh, just coming into cigars or a, an aficionado. Talk to us a little bit about your marketing process and how those cigars uh, match up to that as well. So things kind of developed, Tony. I, I kind of started, and I started thinking about um, you know, the retail shops and, and working in retail, if you look at the portfolio of foundation brands, what I was trying to do was say, okay, let's, let's say for this day in this cigar shop, all you had was foundation cigars. Mm-hmm. 
in the course of a day, you have so many different people walking through that door. You have some people that love milder, fuller, infused, you know, all different types of blends. So I really wanted to cover the the array of different blends and also different blends and different price points um, for all of these different types of consumers and palettes. So, you know, Charter Oak. Charter Oak is my homage to those brands I was talking about from Connecticut. All of these brands that faded away at the end of the 90s, they were all amazing cigars at amazing prices. They all faded away. So, you know, I had a lot of guys that were, were asking, hey, I need a, you know, more of that everyday cut in the lawn type of cigar. So that's how Charter Oak was born. Charter Oak is the symbol of Hartford, Connecticut. So it's really my my homage to those Connecticut cigars of old. And um, you're going to see actually Tony tomorrow, we're going to be announcing the release of Charter Oak Habano. So right now, Charter Oak, we have the Connecticut Shade which actually won uh, Cigar Aficionado's number one best value cigar, mm-hmm. which was a huge honor. We have the Connecticut Maduro, the Broadleaf Maduro. And then tomorrow we're actually going to be releasing the Habano version, which is right in between that Connecticut shade and that Maduro. Um, so that's my everyday cigar, right? And then you have my Rolls Royce is my High Clare Castle. Right, so that's the other end of the spectrum. So I'm about to have then the Ro- have- I'm about to have the Rolls Royce. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, sir. All right, that's my Rolls Royce right there. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, no problem. Enjoy. Um, so that was so the Rolls Royce is the other end of the spectrum. Charter Oak, and then we have everything kind of in between. The Wednesday is your nice medium Corojo. The Wiseman Maduro is your, you know, your next step up. And then we have the Tabernacles, which we have the Tabernacle uh, Broadly. And then we also have the Tabernacle Havana Seed, which is Cuban seed grown in the Connecticut River Valley. And those are my more, you know, robust, a lot of depth, a lot of complexity, probably uh, would be classified as more of the fuller body blends in my line. And then I have an infused line called the Upsetters for all those people that love infused cigars which is um interesting amongst you know more the hardcore smokers it can be kind of a polarizing topic uh the infused line but um i have a great infused line that actually uses some jamaican tobacco um i don't know if you remember tony but when i started 96 jamaica was making some of the best cigars in the world yes they were macanudo was made in kingston jamaica royal jamaica was made in may Penn. Um, so when I started, you know, Jamaica was really at the forefront. Unfortunately, there was a hurricane at the end of the 90s, some issues with the factories and the government. And so a lot of the factories moved uh, to the Dominican Republic. But um, I was actually on a trip five years ago to Kingston and had the chance of um, sourcing some, some local leaf in Jamaica. We actually ship it to Nicaragua where we cure it and ferment it and then blend it with Nicaraguan fillers. And then I, I do an infusion process there. So, um, you know, I really kind of wanted to offer, offer something for all these different palettes in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, it sounds like your line is set up to, to do exactly that. There's no question about it. How would you rank? Yeah. How would you rank? I got one more question for you and I'll get you off this sure. line, man. 
How would you rank? Sure, no, no problem. How would you rank Nicaragua, Dominican, and Honduras? I know you're in Nicaragua. You live there, so you got a little love for those guys, and that's where your factory is sure. and everything. But you know, sure. as far as the growers, more of the most of the manufacturers are down in Nicaragua, correct? A lot of them are, but there's a ton of manufacturers in the Dominican. Um, you know, you have uh, a lot of manufacturers also in Honduras. I don't know the numbers exactly, but, um, you know, between Nicaragua, Honduras and the Dominican, that's where you have the majority. Mm -hmm. And how much, how yeah. much, uh, how much is being, uh, developed, uh, here in the United States? We know about Connecticut, but, uh, you know, yeah, Connecticut, elsewhere. Connecticut, you have, um, tobacco being grown, uh, cigar tobacco being grown in Pennsylvania. And then you also have cigar tobacco being grown in Florida, which is by, um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Borshowitz, who owns Corona Cigars in Florida, he started an amazing project in, uh, growing cigar tobacco in Florida, which back in the day, Florida used to grow a lot of cigar tobacco. Um, so those are the main kind of regions. Uh, Wisconsin always grew a little bit. Um, you have a few different areas that are actually growing cigar-type tobaccos, but it's more for the mass-market, machine-made style cigars. Um, but to answer your question, you know, about Nicaragua, Dominican, I'm definitely biased uh, to Nicaragua, but I don't see things as better or kind of worse, right? I don't, I don't see tobaccos in the sense that uh, Nicaraguan's better than Dominican or Dominican's better than Honduras because each tobacco has its own characteristic. There you go. Right? Yep. It, what makes it better or worse is, okay, your curing methods, your growing methods, your sorting and selecting, you know, the energy you put into cultivating those crops, that can totally determine whether something's better or worse. But every tobacco has its own characteristic. Again, Nicaragua has become Nicaragua, Tony, because the diversity of that plant from the lower primings to the higher primings so from your mild, medium to fuller body, sure. the diversity of the Nicaraguan plant is really tremendous compared to, say, the Dominican or Honduras. So, mm -hmm. for example, the Dominican Ligero, which is supposed to be the strongest, right, the top of the plant, the Dominican Ligero is like the Nicaraguan Viso, middle of the plant. Gotcha. You see? So it's, it's it, Nicaragua just has such a tremendous amount of diversity between those lower and upper primings because most active volcanoes in Central America, I mean, it's, it's the soil. So, um, again, not to say it's better or worse, it's all of these things can, you know, really make up incredible blends. So. The, the man from Connecticut River Valley, Nick Malalo. <laughs> that's right. That's what I'm going to call you, the whisper. Yeah, man. They they call me chief of the broadleaf. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> President and chief blender of Foundation Cigars, man. Hey, I really appreciate you joining me today, man. You dropped a lot of knowledge, and uh, I know this is going to be downloaded quite a bit, and I'll make sure I get it out to uh, to all your followers as well. I appreciate Same you joining. Same here, man. Look My forward pleasure. to it, man. My hey, pleasure. And I'm going to take you and Terrence up on that Nicaragua trip now. So Please do. Please do. I would, that would be you would you would love it. I mean, you would fall in love. That'll do it for another show on Pylon and Sticks. I'm Tony Softly. Make sure you're checking us out on Twitter at Pylon and Sticks and also Instagram Pylon and Sticks. Until next time, 
Stay healthy. Stay safe.